huge fucking nerd. That's right, I'm a huge fucking nerd. I like lots of books and computers, cause I am a huge fucking nerd. One of a kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE. Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, TUTTLE. TUTTLE in Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the TUTTLE Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, TUTTLE. Everything's a goddamn debate. Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. Check out my website, Tuttle.net. That's Tuttle with two Ds, T-U-D-D-L-E.net. When you go there, you're going to be able to find every single place that you can find me online. Uh, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you don't need to know how to find the podcast, but you'll be able to find my YouTube channel and how you can get in contact with me. There, there's a couple of ways you can easily do that. You can email me, Tuttle at gmail.com, or you can leave me a voicemail. Uh, it's all going to be anonymous. I've been telling you guys for months, I don't care what you have to say, even if it's negative. If you want to tell me you, you hate my guts, you think I suck, you think I should hang it up and not even do this podcast anymore because I don't have a chance to be back in radio? You can do that. Give me a call, 407-270-3044. Once again, that is 407-270-3044. Uh, you know, the great thing, I've always been a news junkie. Yeah, not the radio show. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of his, uh, Sean Watson. And the news junkie, but I I have been a news junkie. I love watching it, and you gotta you gotta realize, guys, the times that we are living in now. Back in the day, uh, you didn't have all this video of stuff going around. Uh, my dad always says the internet is going to be the downfall of society, and I I kind of see where he's coming from, but I gotta tell you, the internet is pretty goddamn entertaining. And what you get to see is you get to see history unfold in front of your eyes now on video or audio. And this is one of my favorite clips. These two black women are driving by, and from what I get, they're in D.C. And this older white gentleman is absolutely losing his shit on his doorstep, yelling about the traitors and the people that rushed the Capitol building this week. Get the fuck out of town! Fucking treasonous pieces of shit! Now, people, keep in mind, usually, when you see an old white man yelling uh, in front of his house, it's usually to yell at kids to get off his lawn. But this dude is actually backing uh, up the government. He's like, calling these white people a bunch of treasoning pieces of shit. I mean, this guy is on it. Like, he is on it. Full Talladega matted, on, and he's hot on the deal. I know. They, they really destroying our city. 
Since this is audio, you cannot see the faces of these two black women that are in the car riding by. But man, they they were actually, you can see it in their face. They're like, holy crap, this white man is actually anti-Trump. This white guy is kind of uh, talking some common sense here when it comes to the double standard that has been going on with the BL, BLM movement. You know, everybody said that they're rioting and that's all they are. But I mean, it's the same thing that you guys just did. It, it's a small amount of people that are ruining it for everybody else. Because I, I talked about this yesterday. I saw a lot of Trump people that were uh, that were saying that they were against it. But, I mean, there was a majority of them that were just wanting to F things up for everybody. And this guy is just not having it. There's this point in the fucking city, and it's like nobody gives a shit. They started Black Lives Matter. They've had tanks rolling down Pennsylvania Avenue. But they let these fucking crackers take over the goddamn Capitol. And I'm going to say it because not a lot of people will, but these these two black ladies are hyping this man up like they're like, yeah, it's true. It is true. And did you hear the venom in this old man? Like he is pissed. And for him to say a bunch of fucking crackers. But they let these fucking crackers take over the goddamn Capitol. You know, this guy is a friend of Black Twitter because Black Twitter has been posting this audio, this video clip all over the place. Now, this next piece of audio that I'm going to play for you, um, I I know a lot of people and, and I have mixed feelings about it. You, you cannot force people to wear a mask. I get it. I mean, is it kind of a dickhead thing? Yeah, of course it is. I mean, I've uh, correlated and I've compared the uh, World War II war effort to wearing a mask. When we went to war against Germany and Japan, everybody did their part. Everybody sacrificed for the betterment of the country. Now, when we're asking people to do something as simple as wear a, uh, wear a mask, they won't do it. Everybody wants to argue, oh, it doesn't do anything. Well, hey, you, you know what, though? You cannot argue with me that you not wearing a mask is better than wearing a mask. It just, it, it does not make sense at all. I mean, that's like, oh, I'm not going to bother to wear a condom. I mean, I mean, there's a slim chance that I can still get a chick pregnant with it, or I can get a sexually transmitted disease. I mean, you guys still wear them, though. I know a lot of people don't like to wear them. I mean, I'll admit, it doesn't feel as good when you're wearing one. But, I mean, look on the bright side, you can last longer when you are. But this lady has a freakout. Now, this is a minority that is recording the video, but she got on this elevator and there was a white woman on there that was losing her shit uh, because she was in a closed space with somebody else. And this is just another case of how divided we are in this country. People are wondering why, hey, this might be the end times for our country. And, and it very well could be because 
Nobody can be cool anymore. My girl here wants me to come out of the elevator so she can come out of the elevator. Because it's a small space we're supposed to maintain social distancing. I don't understand why you can't just... Okay, so there's a couple of ways you can look at this, okay? Now, who's at fault here? Uh, Is it the woman's right to bitch and complain about this? If you are that concerned about being around people and wanting to socially distance, then take the stairs. I know that it's an inconvenience to be able to do, but it's also a convenience to take the elevator. And just because somebody else gets on and you're going to just lose your crap over it, uh, I, I want people to wear masks. But uh, if you're going to get this freaked out, about somebody being in an elevator. This woman was wearing her mask. Now, I didn't see before the video started, so this woman could have very well not been wearing a mask. But what I'm trying to say is that this woman is just freaking out so much that it's it's way overboard. It It is extremely way overboard. Politely step out to allow me out of the elevator when I asked you nicely while you have been wearing your mask. You didn't ask me nicely. You said get the fuck out the elevator. I said that after you I'm not sure if the media is gonna cover this, but there's a couple of ways that the media could cover this. And and this is why I don't like the media. They are either gonna spin this into People trying to get other people to wear masks or they're going to claim that this white lady is being racist. Now, I mean, either one of those things could be true. But once again, like I said, if you are so concerned about the coronavirus and being in closed spaces with people, just take the goddamn stairs. I know you guys can't see this video, but this white woman is not carrying anything. So I don't want any of you people to think that, oh, well, she had a lot of groceries. She couldn't carry it up the stairs. This this woman had absolutely nothing on her. So this bitch could have easily taken the stairs. But on the other hand, like I said, I I support people wearing masks, but you cannot force people to do something like that if they don't want to. I mean, we we are the freest country in the world. And at some point, you know, like I, I almost think that we have too many freedoms because it, it makes people feel entitled to just be assholes because they know that, oh, I'm protected by such and such and I can just be a horrible, rotten person to this delivery girl, because that that's exactly what this woman is doing. She is delivering. I don't know if it's for Grubhub or or Amazon, but she is just trying to do her job. And this lady is just freaking the fuck out. My girl, oh, look at you. Oh, my girl, hold on, hold on, my girl. You want to stand in the elevator with me and catch it? Like you're not making sense, and you might as well get off at your floor. I'm trying. Now, this woman could be telling the truth. She could have a compromised immune system, but 
Uh, do you know how many videos that I have seen where people freak out about the mask thing and they they go to that? Like, it, it's almost like I've got black friends. You know, when, when somebody in the South that does, says the N-word or they, they try to make it right on way on how they act. Oh, I got plenty of black friends. I mean, this is like I've got plenty of black friends excuses that I have a compromised immune system. I mean, are we that unhealthy as Americans that everybody has an un, uh, a compromised immune system? Uh, if that's the case, we are in so much trouble as a nation. And I get this woman's concerns. But I'm I'm trying to dig into why she is losing her S the way that she is right now. I mean, I get uncomfortable being inside with a bunch of people, but god damn it, we got we gotta live our lives. But I would appreciate it if people wore masks, but you can't you you also cannot force people to wear masks. That's just not how this country works. And I know a lot of you guys are saying that I'm uh, towing the line. I, I'm not taking a stance. But I, I've never been that type of person. Like, I, I see both sides of the argument on this. I can see why this woman is so freaked out. But who knows? Is it because she's freaked out because she has a compromised immune system? Or is she just being a racist cunt? And God damn it. Like, I, I'm trying to keep things clean, but this just pisses me off. Like, this is just way too overboard. You are a delivery person incorrectly wearing the mask inside is of this, the big building. So like I said, this is audio. You cannot see what's going on. But uh, back to my previous statement, if you are so concerned about the coronavirus and, and being in close spaces with people, then don't get on the goddamn elevator. Take the stairs because you are freaking out and you don't have anything on you besides a bag, like a purse. And this is a delivery person. You just said that it is a delivery person, which they have a bunch of stuff on them. So why? Back to what I was saying. I know it's an inconvenience to have to take the stairs, but if you're that concerned and you are that freaked out about the coronavirus, take the goddamn stairs. I mean, yeah, you might run into somebody, but you're not going to be riding up a couple of floors in an elevator. So that's kind of on you, buddy. I I'm just saying. Like I said before, I this woman started recording mid-conversation. Now, could this uh, delivery person not have been wearing her mask when she got on the elevator? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's possible. But like I said before, and I don't, I don't want you guys to think that I'm, I'm uh, anti-mask. I, I want people to wear masks. I, I got loved ones, friends, family that are, that have underlying conditions that could be bad if they get the coronavirus. So yeah, 
I want people, I want as many people to wear a mask. But once again, back to what I was saying, you cannot force people in this country to wear a mask. You, you just can't do it. But then you also got to put it on the other side. And I'm not trying to play devil's advocate here, but if this woman was so concerned and so scared of COVID-19, once again, why are you taking the elevator? It's a convenience. You could easily walk up the stairs, get some exercise, and you're not going to be like stuck in a closed space with another person. I mean, who who has to inconvenience themselves? The people that don't want to wear a mask and they should wear a mask or the people that pit themselves in those type of situations where they got to be around people that don't have masks. You know, I I I just wish that people could look at it that way. Yes, I mean, if you want to live your life one way, you don't have to force the other. And, and, and that's vice versa, people. Once again, I want people to wear masks, but I also know that we cannot force people to wear them. Now, private businesses, yes, they, they have the right to refuse service. And that, that's what drives me crazy. People, people don't understand how it works here in the United States. You know, it's just, it is so mind-blowing that people don't understand uh, freedom of speech, protesting, uh, rights to wear masks. I I know a lot of you people automatically call me a libtard or a liberal, but I go with what's right. I I don't follow party lines like some of the sheep do. And there are sheep on both sides. There are sheep with the Republicans. There are sheep with the Democrats. So what I'm trying to say, this could have all easily been avoided if this woman that just had this meltdown would have just taken the stairs. Yes, it's inconvenient. But if you are going to freak out about somebody not wearing one, that's it's it's kind of on you. Going to take a quick break. When I come back, I'm going to have a great interview with Elena Walker, who is kind of a nerd, is into nerdy things, but is also Canadian and a burlesque dancer. And I just want to let you know, this is the audio version. Uh, It'll be up on my YouTube channel later today. And what I'm trying to say is, this is one of those interviews. That's that's why I record these interviews on Zoom because Elena, you're definitely gonna wanna check her out and look at this interview visually because I gotta tell you, all the men out there, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful or 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 you know chauvinistic. I'm just telling you, like she is extremely attractive. And it was an amazing interview. So my uh, conversation with Elena Walker, who was a burlesque dancer up in Canada, Ontario, Canada, not too far away from Peterborough. Check it out, guys. You are listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. He's a nerd. I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality. 
professionally. I'm not in the best position that I've ever been in. And hot talk satirizer? You would think with everything that's going on, a Caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an African-American or a minority. You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Have you considered owning your own restaurant franchise? Good Life Organics currently offers territories across the United States. Check out GLO Franchising. That's GLO Franchising on Facebook to sign up for an overview session today. Good Life Organics Franchising, a new partner of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tell them Tuttle sent you. Send them a message on Facebook at facebook.com slash GLO Franchising. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. I've decided to move out by the water for my interview today uh, because I, I try. I wanted to impress my next guest. Now, is it Alana or Elena? Like I because I don't I never want to butcher people's name. Sure. So um, my first name is pronounced Elena. Elena. OK, so it's not Alana. It's Elena. Yeah, yeah, hard eye on that. <laughs> now, now, Elena, I, I, um, are you native Canadian? Because I, I do, I do not hear like a real accent. But I also haven't been talking because there are some words that'll come out and be like, oh, yeah, that's definitely a Canadian. Uh, yeah, I am native Canadian. Um, but people do comment on my accent quite a bit. Um, I, I can hear it a little bit now. Yeah. I can hear it a little <laughs> bit now. Now you're you're in Ontario. Mm-hmm, yeah, I live in Toronto. How far away from Peterborough are you? Because um, I, uh, the last radio show that I worked on, we broadcast out of Tampa and we were heard in Peterborough. Oh, not very far away from Peterborough at all. Um, I honestly couldn't give you like a, no, a I, distance, yeah. but it's not far. <laughs> it's not that far away. Yeah. No, it, it's it's kind of like a suburb, like one of those little cities outside of Toronto area, kind of like, right? Yeah, yeah, right in the what we call the GTA. Yeah. What is it? Are we talking Grand Theft Auto when you say GTA or like (laughs) Greater Toronto area? Okay, all right, all right, all right. See, I mean, I'm an American because we go directly to the violence and Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) But uh, Elena, I um, I gotta tell you, okay, I um, I've gone to all the conventions. Like, I I am a nerd. You you can tell that just by hearing me talk. Um. And I got to tell you that you are like the girl that gets the attention. But it's it's got to be hard because I've looked at these cons and, and I've talked to a lot of women about the uh, cosplay doesn't mean consent type stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. and I and and I really do feel like women are put in a hard place that are sexual sexy looking attractive but also in that nerd wheelhouse i mean does that bother you for me to say nerd or no oh not at all no like i mean to put it in a little bit of context here um a lot of my costumes are also used for burlesque acts i saw you um, i saw your tricky and some (laughs) of your instagram photos by the way i followed Mm -hmm. you on there (laughs) (laughs) um but so but have you ever had any problems like that like uh, do you uh, do you go to the conventions have you ever run into those uncomfortable moments where those awkward guys will come up and you know maybe be a little too touchy-feely or try to get a picture and stuff i mean it's got to be hard right 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I myself have been working in environments where women tend to get approached by men uh, since I was quite young, since I was about 12. Um, mm -hmm. My father actually produces a television show that's about cars. So we would go to car shows. Yeah, all right. Your yeah. Canadian just came out when you said about. About, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that one came out. So sorry. Uh, I didn't mean to no problem. No, like I grew up in, in rural Ontario too. So like mm. some of it sounds like very country. I know. <laughs> all right. So, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad you bring that up. Okay. Because yeah. here in America, because, you know, I, I work in an audio format and, mm -hmm. and I pay attention to dialects, you know, from because we have them here in the United States. And <laughs> I went to work out on some jobs up in New York. Now, when I hear myself talk, I don't I don't think of myself as talking slow. I think of myself as very high strung. But the New Yorkers were like, why? Why are you talking so slow? Because you're from the South. Um, but when people think of Canada, you guys do like. All right. So here in America, we have like rednecks, country people. Do do you have that type of stuff in Canada? Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like the town I grew up in. Like I lived in what was like the suburb kind of, yeah. but like you drive for five minutes and it's all farms. Like it's, it's, and as soon as you cross the line, it's like same thing as you'd expect in, in the States. It's like all, you know, your cowboy boots and your uh, shortened and contracted words. And people have a, an idea of what that means. There's a little bit more um, of that, I would say out in Alberta which is out on the uh, west coast of the country. Yeah. But even here in, in Ontario, it's like, even though we're so close together, you you cross the train track and it's it's like mm -hmm. a whole other world. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's surprising, you know, because of the radio shows that I've worked on, Canada is, outside of the United States, my biggest downloads when it comes to my podcast. And then it goes to the United Kingdom. So you, you kind of have that like uh, triple threat there of the connection now you you do burlesque correct mm -hmm. you do that yeah. now now what is the difference like explain to people when they hear burlesque they're they're thinking of the old good old country western days where you know that was what stripping was considered back in the day but mm -hmm. explain burlesque to the people that maybe do not know so i mean they're not entirely wrong but it is a much more diverse art form now um, than it used to be. It used to be tied in very much so with like uh, vaudeville and, uh, you know, there would be a lot of comics that would come up and it still happens today, but uh, it's still a form of striptease most of the time, but that's not yeah. a requirement at these events all the time. And depending on, you know, the format of the show and who's producing it and where you're going, uh, you know, you could end up being something that's uh, a little bit more risque or something that's a little bit more classic. There's a whole nerdlesque community, which is I'm a big part of. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Yeah. I got to back up. What, 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 what is that now? Like, cause now I've um, you know, being in the nerdy type community, the uh, mm -hmm. the nerdcore like hip hop music scene. Like, I I went to a whole music festival in Orlando one time that was nerd related, but it was a lot of hip hop and alternative type musicians. Mm -hmm. Uh, that that play to that community yeah i mean i imagine a lot of the music that they've been producing probably end up in a lot of the acts that i'm seeing and that i'm putting in shows um it's it's like burlesque but all of the acts will be inspired by nerd culture so like the star trek 
outfit that I have yeah. mm -hmm. is a is a Beverly Crusher act. And that gets done to a couple of different songs that all talk about doctor you, and there's stuff cut in from PNG. You say, like, well, you, you say doctor. Have you yeah. ever done a doctor who themed? I less? don't have one. I have seen it. Uh, <laughs> I don't have but, an act for one yet. <laughs> but it would be great though, because now mm -hmm. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about that. And now I know my audience because my audience is, because I've worked on a lot of radio shows that are that men 25 to 54, those like blue collar type people. Mm -hmm. But um, and, and I know a lot of people are going to think, oh, this is nerdy, but like it's a great concept. But Doctor Who does kind of make women look like that helpless. I mean, they're still strong, but they are so in love with the doctor mm -hmm. and, and they need them. They're like the damsel in distress type thing. Um, does that, does that bother female, females that are in the nerd community? Like, it at can. All? they usually like to take the characters and play with them. Um, when, when we're talking about like in a nerd less community sort of thing. Um, mm -hmm. so they tend to take some of your less empowered women and make them more empowered and read into it more to, to give them more agency. But the raw material itself, yeah, can, can set off debate <laughs> for sure. Um. What is if you and and I'm not trying to pitch you on the spot, but mm. what what is the as a young girl, if you were a young girl right now, and and mm. and you do, if I had to guess, see, I, I'm I'm a southern gentleman, so I'm I don't want to ask how mm -hmm. old you are, but I mean, I would yes. say like 20s, right? Yep, I turned 26 just a couple weeks ago. Okay, so. so so, 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 so what, I, what I'm trying to say is that, um, you know, when you were growing up, what were some of the female or woman icons that you looked up to that were in sci-fi shows or comic books and stuff like that? Sure. So, I mean, coming up that that's always sort of a, a difficult place to, to pull from. Um, but I mean, like, that's part of why I picked, uh, Beverly Crusher when I did my Star Trek act. Because she's like women in power positions, women who have authority, um, things like that were always sort of um, interesting and attractive to me. Uh, I'm I'm now trying to think of other <laughs> other places. Well, here, but, here, yeah. I'll, 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 I'll I'll give you some time to think. But while sure. we're on Star Trek, you know, mm -hmm. with all the civil unrest going on here in the United States uh, mm -hmm. between you know classes, races, all that type of stuff. Um, I've always read that the first interracial kiss on TV was actually mm -hmm. on Star Trek, right? Yeah, that's correct. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't think enough people give that enough credit that a show like that would take that type of risk and chance, especially in that time. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, a big part of that was because it was, Produced primarily by a woman. Like, I mean, Lucille Ball was the person who championed that show. Oh, I did not show. know that. I mm -hmm, did not yeah. know that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, that's why if you look at the end of the credits, it's it's a Desilu production. It's from her company. Wow. I've never paid attention to that at <laughs> all. And, you know, like, because I, I like to keep my shows light. I like to keep <laughs> it on the, the comedic type level. <laughs> I do take the opinions that m maybe aren't the most popular at some time, but I've always have been so fascinated by the women that are in comedy. Okay. Like mm -hmm. Lucille Ball, you talk about that. Like she 
was kind of groundbreaking a woman oh, yeah. that, that that was groundbreaking but then you look at like and i don't know how much you know about american culture but like um joan rivers mm-hmm. when she was hosting the tonight show she never really got a fair shot because that was a man's type of business they were like mm-hmm. oh a woman cannot host this show but some of the stuff she was doing was groundbreaking at the time oh yeah and women in comedy always get like a a, a difficult shake everywhere they go um well here know, in america yeah. here in america a lot of men think that women can't be funny though oh yeah no i i hear that all the time i in the states and here it's a problem um, I mean, even here in Toronto, because we have a second city here uh, that do productions like they only recently did a show that was very female focused and the sales on that were way lower than any of their other main stage shows. Um, like it's it's always a, a problem to try to get people to trust that it's going to be good. And it usually is good. You're usually pleasantly surprised, but people don't give it a shot. So if I'm if I'm ever if I'm prying too much, like uh, personally with what you do, are you dating somebody right now? Do you have a boyfriend? Do you have a significant other? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, I've I've had the same boyfriend for eight years (laughs) now. Now, but like. Has it ever been difficult, though, because I mean, you get a lot of attention from guys has there ever been a problem of any type of jealousy at all or or like hey you know you might you know might want to back it down a little bit i'm not saying that you're strained but i i but guys we you know guys like to act like tough guys and stuff like you know when with breakups everybody thinks that the woman is the one that is taking it the hardest but the dudes even though they don't like to say it they're the ones that are most likely crying or taking it harder than than the female but like guys do get jealous though i mean it definitely has been something you've had to talk about but i'm lucky that i've got somebody with me that is very understanding and and because he also comes from like a a theater background like that's actually where we met was in theater school like he does comedy too so like but that's but that can but that but that can be a problem though when you have two people in a relationship that are in entertainment like putting out content because like even though the other will not uh, okay i'm 40 years old okay um so i've been through a lot i've been working in radio and and i'm just letting you know and giving you a heads up is that sometimes it can be hard when you have two people that are content providers or content creators that are entertainers and one maybe gets a little bit you know bigger than the other there can be some resentment there oh yeah no i i've seen it in other couples um it's definitely something that's present um but not in our we we've just because we've been together so long at this point it's just sort of hit a point where we don't worry about it as much um like we sort of let each other just have our own careers and our own thing okay but i i I know i'm gonna pitch on the spot here and you're probably gonna take a so eight years are you mm-hmm. are you guys even engaged right now uh we're not engaged we just haven't thought about it but like we live well, together oh come on i i i'm not trying to pitch in a <laughs> in, in a tough spot and i don't yeah. want to like you know paint with a broad brush and say oh every woman is just waiting you know for a man <laughs> to propose to them and stuff but it, yeah i mean you got to be honest that like has it crossed your mind like 
when is he going to get off his ass and propose? Or are you are you an old style, old school type person where the man has to be the one? Like, what, all right, and and then another subsect question in Canada: do, Is it like Americans where the guy should go to the father and ask for permission? That depends. And I mean, I wouldn't want him to go to my father, um, but Why? that's more of a personal thing. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I'm like I said, I, uh, I think of a lot of things and, yeah. and I, and I try to take my own experiences and, and ask questions like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be a dick or, or an a-hole no. or anything like that, but it, it's an interesting question because if you've been together for eight years, mm-hmm. it's like, what is the holdup? Like, oh, would yeah. you, well, I mean, would the, you the say whole, yes? Would yeah, you oh, say yeah, yes? Yeah, absolutely. No, the, the hold up, honestly, I would say is uh, we are both in entertainment, so we don't have any money. <laughs> but I mean, but but uh, and I, I get what you mean, because when yeah. I got married, like I, I wasn't somebody that needed a big wedding, but it's it's about the bride. The This is her special day. And and I'll admit. When I got married, because I'm divorced now, but when it when I got married, it was a little extravagant. And then listen, every time I was looking, I was like, oh, this is uh, going to be this amount. It's going to be this amount. <clears throat> but but what I'm trying to say is like, but there's also a lot of couples like Goldie Hawn and, and Kurt Russell here in the United States. They are used to be two big stars. They're still legendary, but they've never been married and they've They've had a great relationship mm-hmm. and, and they've raised kids. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's just something that we just have, have sort of put on the back burner. We're not, I'm not overly concerned about it. Neither is But he. is there a time frame? Is, <laughs> is there a time frame though? Like, are no, you? No, are you, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay. And I mean, I've, I've got stories about this. Cause like my, my parents don't put pressure on me for it because honestly, and I will, I will be super honest with this. They don't really like him. Um, and his family that thinks that it's me. His family think that I don't want it, even though I've explicitly told them that I do. <laughs> They're like, no, you're doing that feminist thing where you don't want to. It's OK. All the power to you. And I'm like, no, it's not me. Talk to your son. Like, <laughs> now, is, it, is it because the two families are that different? Like, because here, I'll give you I'll give you an example. OK, mm-hmm. um, when I was married. My wife was from the New York area, okay? Mm-hmm. I am born and raised in Florida, as a Southern as you can get. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like her family looked down on us, like we were like a lower type of class people. Does, does that make sense at all? And- 100%. His family is from uh, Montreal, so French-Canadian. And that's Now, it, does the French... Yeah, well, okay, all right, so so... All right. I'm glad you bring that up. And and mm-hmm. you're talking So you have Canadian, then you have French Canadian. Like, is there is there a difference? Like, is there it's a bias? Like Catholic Protestant because um, their family's Catholic and my family is, Whoa. I guess, technically Protestant, but we don't I don't practice and <laughs> it's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and and I, I just find it interesting because, you know, people want to talk about differences. You're you're from a different country. I'm from a different country. And we kind of can relate on relationships that we've had with just the differences. You know, mm-hmm. people people want to talk about racism, but I also think here in the world that there is a big class difference. Like, oh, you know, we, um, we, I mean, like, 
I'll I'll come right out and and say it that like his family is um you know economically in a lower class than mine. Mine's more firmly middle class, and that is a problem for my father specifically. Who and not to be the the daddy issues girl, but like he uh, as even though he is a Canadian man born and raised here in Canada, is a Trump supporter. Um, wow. who has very strong views on that subject. Um, he is an anti-masker, which is a big problem during a pandemic. He's a whole basket of fun. <laughs> okay, so 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 I'm uh, I'm not speaking for you, but I would think that you would not be a Trump supporter and you would be pro mask because you know, so I run into that because my dad is a Trump supporter as well, too. He is. Yeah. Now now I a lot of people could hate their parents for it, but you also have to understand we progress as a society with every single generation. It's not that they are particularly bad people. It's just of how they were raised. And that's how I look at it. You know, oh, yeah. like and I still talk to my dad. We still have a relationship. We we fight about things for sure. But like, I don't hate him or, or hate anybody necessarily who, who thinks the way that he does. It's just a, a sore point between us. Right. Because we come from but very different places when we talk about things. But sometimes it's just not even worth like, you know, mm. my dad will say something and I'll just say, I'll be like, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like, I mean, there's oh, yeah. no there's no like point to debating things like that, you know, because oh, no. it just like, cause I, problems. Oh, for sure. No, like I, I try to avoid it if I can Um, with him. It's it's a little difficult. Sometimes he likes to talk about it a lot. He likes to think of himself as like a um, he used to be a news reporter, to put it in a little bit of a oh, context. No he thinks of himself as a bit of a political pundit, even though he doesn't work on the news anymore. And yeah, like he he talks about cars with car people. It's a That's different. interesting. Yeah, I um, I um, and and I'm, I want to get in talking about and, and, and promote everything that you want to talk about. What are you drinking? A bubbly there? I, oh, I, thought I think it was that might pepper. I don't that know if you a... guys have that. No, no, it's just sparkling water. It's just... okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, because um, the radio show when I was working with Bubba in Tampa, we had a Canadian listener that would come down, and he would bring us like products from Canada that we couldn't get here in the United States, like um, mm -hmm. ketchup flavored potato chips. Like yeah. I don't know what it is with Canadians liking ketchup flavored potato chips, but I I got to tell you, they were actually pretty tasty. I don't like them personally, but we're big tomato producers up in this area. There's um, one town in particular, not far from where I grew up, called Leamington, where all they do is tomatoes. Like uh, you would drive down the street and trucks of tomatoes would just be going by you and like the street would have them all covered all over. Like it's a whole thing. <laughs> all right. So one last serious topic as mm -hmm. Canadians, how is the Canadian media, Canada media, mm -hmm. portraying what happened yesterday? Mm -hmm in america's national capital for sure so i mean from the media that i've seen here in canada it it seems to be um most similar i think to the coverage that cnn is giving it um so it, it's definitely more on the left side um yeah. yeah like all of our media here is very left-wing honestly um which uh, center to left i'd say um there are very few right-wing outlets um here yeah. um you have to look for them uh but but yeah it is uh generally people are are just shocked and, and really horrified just the same as as the states would be because we're so close canada likes to think of itself as like a suburb of the u.s 
in a lot of ways. So, well, I mean, but I mean, you guys have vested interest on what's going on in our country because mm-hmm. we share a border with each other. So it, it, it's like, you know, I completely understand that now. So let's, let's get off the serious stuff here. Now, um, tell people if they want to check out any of your content, like your social media, Instagram, Twitter, mm-hmm. Facebook, whatever it may be, a website, mm-hmm. how can they find all of your stuff? Sure. So um, my stage name is Dottie Champagne. So all of my socials are under that. So you can find me on Instagram. I, I am on Twitter, although that's not super active. Um, Instagram's my main outlet. Uh, you can also find me uh, at elenawalker.ca. So that's A-L-A-I-N-A. Um, and I do also have a, a web store that's launching soon that will include merch for the new podcast I'm about to launch. Um I have a lot of different uh, stuff here, so I hope I'm not overwhelming you, but I've got... Um, oh, no, go ahead. Yeah. So uh, the web store is called Dottie and the Duchess. Uh, mm-hmm. You can get it either way. And yeah. uh, the podcast is going to be called Sparkling Wine, spelled W-H-I-N-E, oh. with uh, Dottie Champagne. Now, what... Um, now, and I'm just giving you my advice, because mm-hmm. I've been working on radio since 1998, and I, I've done every single type of platform that you can think of. I've actually been a news producer as well, too. So I know how it works. And now you're going to have to mix it up here a little bit. You have Mm -hmm. to use because you are an extremely attractive woman. You are unique now because and what would what would you say this? And please don't take offense to what I'm going to say. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I and I think more men are 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 being attracted and interested into more of the unique, interesting type woman. Okay. Mm -hmm. But you have both of that. You're unique. You have a great look to you and you're attractive as well too. And then what I'm saying is use that. So when you do this podcast, Mm -hmm. is it going to be a video content or is it going to be just straight audio? So I'm working with a, uh, a producer right now to figure out exactly how we can do it. But we are considering doing um, live streams uh, to start, uh, like on Twitch, potentially, um, where we talk with our guests there and then launching it as a podcast afterwards, releasing it as an episode. Yeah. So that's that's what I do. Like this, what mm-hmm. we're doing right now on Zoom. OK, mm-hmm. um, this is going to go up on my YouTube channel and then I'm mm-hmm. going to take the audio from that and repurpose it for my audio podcast. You know, mm-hmm. because I I know like my man men audience that twenty five mm-hmm. to fifty four is going to be like hell yeah they're going to hear the audio and they're going to go to my YouTube channel because they're going to want to check out like what does she look like and guys I'm <laughs> telling you you're going to want to go to my YouTube channel to check her out now are you a um a a, a natural ginger or is like because you know, Americans, mm-hmm. they, they, they love the redheads and stuff like that. <laughs> I now, am not a natural ginger. I, I do dye my hair, but uh, okay. uh, my natural hair color is, is sort of just like a, a mousy boring brown, and I'm not mousy that's boring me. brown. <laughs> that's, I, mean, I mean, that's me, though, but I, I like it, though. I, 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 I think it's a good mm-hmm. look. Um, and the glasses, uh, you know, a lot of guys don't. If you look. Everybody tells me my glasses are nerdy. They're they're too thick and everything. But I I tell people I do that on purpose. Like mm-hmm. I I don't want to have the thin like wire frames. I I want to go as thick as I can. I want to go with the horn hornbill rimmed or whatever mm-hmm. as nerdy as possible as I can get. 
Oh yeah. No, if I'm just out in my everyday life, I'm wearing glasses all the time. And I mean, I got real lucky. I found a online where I can order my crazy weird prescription for really cheap and you know, I ordered like those look, those look I've used them, but there's one here in Canada called um I buy direct and it comes okay. out of Vancouver so it's like not bad for us here with all the shipping and mm-hmm. it's like 50 bucks Canadian which is yeah. not bad for a pair of glasses when like and when I say that I am blind I am blind like my eyes are two different shapes I need to get like super crazy weird grinding done so for it to be fifty dollars is amazing. And then I've got like 15 pairs of glasses and they're all crazy friends. <laughs> now, yeah, I mean, because a lot of the reason I brought up Warby Parker is like mm. all the nerds in America love they they love to go because they they have a very mm. classic, like uh rustic type look to their frames and stuff. Uh <laughs> why haven't you gone with contacts? Or are you just not like comfortable putting stuff in your eyes? contacts all through high school um so like i'm used to them uh honestly it's just they're so expensive for my weird eyes (laughs) so i just at one point especially when i first moved to the city um i just didn't have the money for them i fell out of it and now i just don't wear them like i I thought i you know us as americans we think that canadians they don't have to pay for anything when it comes to health that's a lie <laughs> no, but but everything with your eyes, your eyes are not covered at all unless really? you like, your eye out. Yeah, like are you, you don't get are you covered? What about dental? Like, is that is that mm-hmm. covered for you? No, nope, so not they're, at all. They're... I haven't seen a dentist in like ten years. See, that's that's the thing about it. Canada's got a great promotional like hype guy that's saying, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, everything's covered." But, you know, uh, Justin Trudeau is not giving you those eyes or teeth work. Oh, it's like, no, no eyes or teeth. Yeah, you got to hope your employer will give you benefits. And very few do here. Um, I mean, I, I also have a day job. I work a full-time job and I'm not getting you, anything. You don't have to say where, but can you give me an idea of like what you do? Like, I mean. Yeah. I, okay. I work in the hospitality industry the rest of the year. So like I worked my way up from being like a restaurant host to now I work up in corporate events. Okay. So. I, um. I'm so happy that you brought that up because um, <laughs> one of the first time, one of the first full-time radio jobs that I ever had, the host of the show, I was his producer, and he brought it up. It, it's it's a great point. People that are interested in in being an entertainer or or having relationships or being able to make that connection with people. Well, I mean, so when you mean by hospitality, were you like a waitress, a server and stuff? Yeah, so I was I was primarily a host. And like, that's one of the things I'm very, very good at, actually, is but it helps. So, right. So, (laughs) yeah, because because the guy that I worked with, he said working in the hospitality industry helped his Mm -hmm. people skills because Mm -hmm. there's times where people are going to be complete jackasses. Oh, God, like I've been physically attacked before at work because I won't give someone a table like shit is crazy. Yeah, exactly. But but you still have to keep calm and carry Mm -hmm. on like the Brits would say. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, it it had to have helped you out with your people skills. I I, and, and it made sense to me when I heard the host say that. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I am a firm believer that like everybody in the world should work a service job, at least for a little while, because it helps you just let's learn how to interact with other human beings and it gives you a lot more empathy too like when you're going in like i mean i tip like crazy at restaurants because i know (laughs) i'm glad you bring that up do okay so 
I have spent most of my time in the Orlando area. Okay. Now we have all the theme parks. A lot of our economy is based on tourism. Mm -hmm. And people don't believe me when I say this. Other countries, they just don't tip. Do mm -hmm. do Canadian do Canadians tip? Is that like a custom? Yes, Canadians do definitely tip. Um, and the 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 general thought is around 15% is like okay, but that's like mm -hmm. for did they bring you your food at all? Um, mm. And then you should be tipping more than that. But I mean, you do also still get some of the older people who are like, I'm not tipping or I'm not tipping very much. Um, mm. I've also like I see a lot of the same stuff you'd see in the States. Like I've even had that guy come into the restaurant who like puts a stack of money down on the table and, says, and they take, take it away. away. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I would just tell you, hey, buddy, um, <laughs> I'm not a dancing chicken for you. I'm not I'm not going to beg for that money. And I think that is a really asshole thing to do mm. to put money on the table and be like, Oh, I'm going to take a little bit of it. You know what I would say? Hey, uh, there's a nice place down the street because I'm not, I'm not going to just bend over backwards. Like I'm going to do my job. I'm going to be mm. polite and just don't think like, because it almost makes it seem like, Hey, you, you're like a slave or something. I, oh, you yeah. know, I know slaves don't get paid, but what I'm saying is it's kind of like, oh, I'm going to just pull money away from you. And, and oh, yeah. I just, I think that's always just kind of, oh, that's screw. like the rudest thing. One of the rudest things I've ever seen. Like, I mean, but that's a good reason to try out working in one of those industries because we'd have less people like that if they got it a little bit more, if they were on the other side of it, at least at some point. Right. Um, so I, I, I talked a little bit about this. Um, about the the cosplay uh especially the women at, at some of these places they mm -hmm. you know they get they get uncomfortable and and i'm just being honest i'm sure have you ever run into with what you do that over aggressive guy that maybe might be into you i, I i'm just gonna come out and say it like stalker mm -hmm. type guy oh yeah absolutely you have. oh yeah no i mean like and and that's the thing you you would think that you would get it more in the communities that that I'm in and like when I'm actively at a show and I'm trying to perform like you'd think that would be where I would get it that's not where you get it um I mean you do get some of it there but it tends to be after the fact when they when you're like least expecting it that's when they come out <laughs> yeah but they they, they don't want to let you know like they'll be mm -hmm. cool and calm around you but they're like mm -hmm. oh I was watching you the whole and I'm not trying to like freak you oh, out yeah. or anything no. you know but I I mean yeah. I'm sure you guys I'm sure you have to be careful. Mm, like Absolutely. Like, and I mean, there are guys in the community. Luckily, a lot of the people who are fellow performers or fellow models, everybody all sort of talk. We're all friends. So like if somebody has a bad experience with someone, everybody's going to know. And if they're a regular in the community, they're not going to be allowed into the shows. Like it's actually a really well self-policing sort of space. Now, with COVID going on right now, like, I'm I'm sure you haven't been able to do any live shows. Mm -hmm. Have you guys had, had to start doing those, like, online or do virtual yeah. type shows? So, yeah, there have been virtual shows. Mm -hmm. um, I personally actually haven't done any because there's only a few. And uh, it was, like, groups that were already established were doing shows themselves. And I produce a format that doesn't translate really well. To digital because it also involves improv comedy which is like every time you try to watch that on zoom it's it's yeah. always kind of a yeah trash fire so i have no no trying. <laughs> no i i i agree people people don't realize this is that mm -hmm. being there in a room 
with somebody like a, a live audience, they can they can feel your attitude, your confidence, your mm. delivery, and that does not come across sometimes over the internet. It, it just doesn't. Oh yeah, especially depending on what type of thing you're doing. So I mean, I have seen some burlesque shows where people have pre-produced their act and like sort of use filmmaking techniques to make it look really cool, which is great. That's something you can't do on stage. But at the same time, when they're performing, they're not getting any of the like, to put it in context for people who don't know, burlesque shows are very loud places. People are like cheering and clapping and yelling mm. and hooting and hollering the whole time. And it's encouraged because it makes it easier for the performer to sort of get out of their shell. There's a lot of interacting with the audience. Like most of the time, the house lights are up. So it's it's a big part of it. And if they're not there to give you the other side, it can feel weird. I um see this is this is how I do interviews because I <laughs> I um I I mean I prep for it, but I start out with a question and then you'll say something and then then I'll bring it out. Um why why is it? Because I've I've known I've got a couple of uh women here in the United States that are regulars on my show that that are into that nerd community. Why? Because she's into, you know, doing the burlesque type style stuff. Why is it because when you're in the nerd community, like people expect you to be one way? Is it empowering or like why? What made you get into it? And why does it seem like the nerdy type girl? gravitates to that type of stuff i think that there's a little bit of um already feeling like the outsider when you're in the sort of nerd community um as a woman just because like other girls aren't going to really get you and then mm. a lot of the guys like unless you find some that are are really good friends to you like they're not going to really want you there so you already feel sort of put out so then it doesn't matter anymore and it, it in some ways that's sort of freeing for you to then just Go for it. And because then you'll meet somebody who already does it and they'll introduce you to it and then they help you. And that's the way a lot of people get into it is is through friends. And mm. uh, and yeah, which is part was of why that is. What, what, was it nerve wracking <laughs> the first time? Oh, my God. Like my, my the first time I did it, Um, because the other thing is a lot of the costumes are handmade. I was mm. so paranoid that it was about some fall falling apart. off. Yeah. Now, can, can <laughs> the pasties can you... were like huge, and there was like three <clears throat> layers of tape. Oh, it was crazy. So, so <laughs> you you actually go down to nothing but pasties. Then. Oh, uh, most people do. Most people do. Yeah. See, because I, I, I when I think of burlesque, I'm <laughs> thinking more of like lacy lingerie type, you know, maybe a corset type thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that you guys wear that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But I, I didn't know, you know, because I, I don't think people actually realize that Canada, you know, everybody thinks Canada is, you know, a democracy exactly like the United States. But I mean, you guys really don't have the type of First Amendment free speech that we have here in the United States. I mean, it's not like because we don't have like an amendment, we don't have people who are saying all the time, like it's my First Amendment. Right. But we still have that environment very much. So where like everybody does have free speech. We very much want people to have it. I mean, it is encouraged. But, uh, but it there is are, limited. There's yeah, limitations are, on it. There right? are limitations. There are. And I mean, especially in the burlesque community, there are limitations depending on the city you're in, in terms of what you're allowed to do and how far it can go. 
Um, I mean, I know some people who I'm friends with um, very recently, all they did was they went from, rather than being in Toronto, they went to Hamilton, which is just a, sort of a suburb of Toronto. Uh, that and, damn Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, the hammer. They went yeah. up there and uh, and they got hit with a lawsuit for doing a burlesque show because they were doing like, uh, uh, I don't remember what the term was, but they were basically mm -hmm. like running a strip joint without a license, which wasn't the case, really. And they had to fight it in court and everything. Like it's um, It was funny because they... Um... They passed the ordinance here in Orlando where, where, where I live. But it, see, that's the thing about it. You can go 60 miles and go to Tampa and it's like everything goes. It's like, welcome to the Thunderdome. Uh, <laughs> but in Orlando, they, they, you know, because we have a lot of tourists that come to town, a lot of older people, they, they love to keep this like little bit of image. So they limited what the strip clubs could do in the Orlando area. Now, I got to give this one club credit that they skirted around the rules and they did a uh, rendition of Hamlet, but it was, you know, a, you know, nude or burlesque type style. And it really dumbfounded a lot of the politicians and the lawmakers because they're like, all right, so this is kind of art, which is considered free speech or expression. So can we, I mean, what are the laws here? And it was actually a very interesting story for, mm -hmm. for, for a while that, that a lot of the news covered. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's a play about it that I saw in it not too long ago, but that happening in England too. Like it's, it's, it's always the way of, of people want to see naked people and there's not anything that's oh, going to yeah. stop them. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, you're, you're, listen, now mm -hmm. I, I will admit that there needs to be some laws because, you know, we have minority or I mean, minors that mm -hmm. get, you know, and you got oh, the yeah. sex slave trade and all that stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there 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 needs to be some law set in place. But how I've always looked at it, if it's a um, a verbal contract or two consenting adults that are not being forced into anything and they want to do that, mm -hmm. I, I I have absolutely no problem with that at all oh yeah no and i mean that was something that even here in in canada you still hear about i can't remember which prime minister it was or exactly when it was but it, it was a lot more recently i want to say in like the 70s or 80s who said something about like how canada's politicians have no place in the bedrooms of no. the canadian mm -hmm. people and it's like yeah no that's the point <laughs> so no, I mean so yeah like as long as nobody's being hurt i don't see the problem and and that's why, you know, having to skirt around rules can be frustrating, but it can also lead to our artistic expression. So, but, but the sad thing is, I don't know if it's this way in Canada, but the ones that are wanting to judge us, the ones that are wanting to make rules are the ones that have the skeletons in the closet mm -hmm. or the ones that are the freakiest of them all or have some like really extreme kink that they're into so oh, yeah. it, it's it's just weird because these politicians are the ones trying to make rules for us but they want to live by their own standards oh yeah no but because they know that they'll get the intense people to vote for them if they go really hard on one issue even if it doesn't agree with them personally you just have to see where anger begets more anger and it gets people fired up it's politics are, are like that and it's unfortunate and it's something that like i mean you would have seen much more of it in the states than even we do here although we do see it here too 
uh, Elena, Elena, right? I, I, I uh, want to make sure I pronounce that right. Um, yes. I, I could sit here and talk to you forever, but uh, <laughs> I, um, I don't want to be that guy. Uh, so, so what I'm trying to say is, I, I want to have you on again. I, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope, like, I didn't get too personal. I hope that it was a little enlightening conversation. You know, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm just, you know, because I, I have low self-esteem. So I'm thinking the whole time, like, she's like, when is this uh, creepy nerd going to get me off this interview? So no, you've been fine. You've been absolutely fine. <laughs> so so tell, tell people once again, if they want to check you out, where can they go? For sure. Yeah. So you can find me on all the socials at Dottie Champagne. Um, so that's D-O-T-T-I-E, like the short form of Dorothy and then champagne, just like the wine. Um, uh, so that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I'm on all those. Um, and then keep a lookout for a uh, sparkling wine with Dottie Champagne, which will be launching very shortly. <laughs> all right, Elena, I, uh, I really appreciate this and I, I look forward to talking to you again. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Total. Thanks for speaking. <laughs> all right. No problem. Have a good night. You too. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Man, maybe I would have way more sex partners in my life if I just threw caution to the wind. It's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. Stitch You Up specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let Stitch You Up help you with your logo design. Visit stitchyouup.com or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast, last segment of the show. Uh, I'm actually really excited about tomorrow. The guys from Funny to Informing, uh, just search Funny to Informing. They're available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, but they are a very popular podcast in the Orlando area. And John and Chris, have become really, really uh, good friends of mine. I've appreciated everything that they have done for me. I mean, they're they're kind of responsible for me wanting to start a podcast because I I was just doing the video YouTube stuff for a little while, and it wasn't until they came over to do a one on one interview. Well two-on-one interview here at the Hobo Fish Camp. And I had a great time with them, and we really clicked. We connected, and I'm actually, I'm really impressed what John and Chris are doing with Funny to Informing. So keep an eye out for that. We're going to be recording stuff for my show, and then we're going to be recording stuff for their show. and. We always, I always have a good time, and I would like to hear from you guys. I, w- I would like to honestly and seriously get some feedback about Ciroc. I, I love Ciroc, and I think that we 
uh, gel pretty well on the air. Well, I mean, we're not even on the air, but with with the podcast, you guys get what I'm saying. And I, I would like to hear from you because, and I'm not even saying if you guys hate him on the show that I'm not going to have him on anymore because I, I have a, an amazingly good time every time that Ciroc is on. And I, if you want to check out his stuff, it's called the weekly review and it's based out of Tampa. Great podcast. So check it out. But I, I honestly, I would like to hear from you. I mean, do you guys like what Ciroc brings to the show? Because I do. So <laughs> back to that whole radio guy uh, host having an ego. I'm, I'm kind of got an ego on this one because I like it. it. It's nice to have somebody. And a lot of you people are thinking, oh, man, they must prep a lot. No, not not really. Could you imagine what type of radio we we could do if we actually prepped and planned what we were going to talk about? Because everything that you've heard so far that me and Sorak have done is just off the cuff. When I go on his show, I don't know what he wants to talk about. And he asks me and I just roll with it and vice versa. The same thing when he comes on the Tuttle Daily podcast. He doesn't know what we're going to talk about, but he's able to roll with it. And I like that because it's real. Because a lot a lot of these shows, uh, you know what they do. They, uh, everything is pre-planned. Everything is calculated. And it just, it never, ever sounds like real. And, and by real, what I mean by just genuine. It, it, Bob and Tom, they, everybody says that they've been guilty of And when they have comedians on, they, they set up the jokes. Or like, uh, the comedian will come in and he'll be like, all right, so I got this routine, this routine. I need you to ask me this question so I can go into my routine about men leaving the toilet seats up. So you, do you get what I'm saying? Uh, I, I've talked about this. I, I remember the first guest that I was responsible to bringing in the studio. I brought him in during the break before the, uh, they were live on the air. And and I get why Ron and Fez did it. Ron and Fez read me the riot act. Ron Biddington, Fez Watley. They're like, this is why you do not bring the guests in during the break. We you want the initial meeting on the air because you you cannot recreate that. No matter how good the host or the guest is, you're just not going to be able to re- be able to recreate that. So that's why I like to know the least possible about a piece of audio. Like those voicemails, when I, when I get a voicemail uh, to my email, I, they, they have a little bit of the, the text. They transcribe it for you. But I, I don't listen to it because I want to get my first reaction. Because if I, if I, if I think about it, you're not, you're not getting my initial real legitimate answer so i i don't even try to listen to those and and when i have a guest on i don't like to tell them what i'm gonna ask them or or what i'm talking about I, maybe maybe I, some of you guys might think that i'm like a radio snob and i try to keep it real but 
I, I've worked with some of the biggest names in radio in Central Florida. And a lot of you guys all, well, you got fired from them all. I, I had a great run with Real Radio 104.1. I was there from 2000 to 2010. And then I, w- I was with Ron and Fez before that for two years. And I was on and off with Bubba from 2010 to 2020. And then I spent a little time with Drew Garabo, spent a little time with Mike Calta. So in the long run, for 22 years of radio, I really have not had a lot of different shows like you guys uh, like to make it seem. But I've learned from a lot of those people. And, and back to being a radio snob, that I really don't think I'm being because those guys that I've talked about, Ron and Fez, Monsters in the Morning, Drew Garabo, uh, Jim Phillips, some of the program directors that I've worked with, Bubba the Love Sponge, Drew Garabo, Mike Calta. So I've learned a lot. Has it helped me? No. Because I'm, once again, broadcasting out of a beat-up 2006 PT Cruiser. So yeah, things aren't going really, really well for me. So what did I learn? Um, I learned a lot. I just, uh, things from my past caught up to me, made me do stupid things, and, and I'm not making excuses. I burned a lot of bridges, and I'm trying to make them up. Uh, I really haven't said anything bad about Bubba at all since I've been gone. So, to the Bubba army out there that, that thinks I'm mad at Bubba or I don't think he's good anymore, no, it, Bubba, Bubba's still the GOAT. He is still good at what he does. I just, I'm a little confused by things as of late. Not not on stuff that he's done, but I'm just talking about how it's changed. And and that's that's about it. Guys, hope you enjoyed today's show. Uh, make sure you check out my YouTube channel later today. You'll be able to see the interview that I did with Elena. And I'm just telling you, you're, you're going to want to see the visual version of this interview. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Be safe. And that's the show for today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor. Like, share, and subscribe to the show. Also, Check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. You want some cool-ass sunglasses? Check out Vaporshades.com. Also brought to you by StitchYouUp.com, PocketPairClub.com. Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Alamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. Show voiceover service is brought to you by jcvoiceover.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him. Check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Comments? Concerns? Or do you just want to let Tuttle know he's being a dickhead? Tuttle at gmail.com. 
That's Tuttle with two D's at gmail.com. To follow all of Tuttle's social media, go to Tuttle.net. Thanks again for all your support, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, yo, Terry, what's going on?